Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thank you guys for tuning in. Grassroots Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, hit the noti notification button, and be notified for your latest to the greatest episodes. Also, as always, make sure to, sus- to subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, a bunch of new announcements will be coming out as far as a bunch of events we're working on, as yes. well as some really, really cool surprises. So be sure to check that out. And as always, I'm Brandon Killer BH Hall. I'm Aaron Ashley Simon. Just Aaron Ashley Simon today. I'm not Nasty Niles on a Sunday. <laughs> I don't have my shades in me. Damn, that's, that's why. Young Edgar Allan Poe, what's good, man? Oh, that's uh, whacker. That, Who are you? Know, first of all, first of all, today, never more, never more. No, 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 no. But he ain't no poet. He ain't no poet. She don't know. He ain't no poet. He ain't no poet. I know Edgar Allan Poe. Let's go. Let's go. We starting. Let's start off right then. Let's go, E. I know Edgar Allan Poe, especially when it comes to the Raven representation of death. The stories, especially, is 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 derivative of that, and just the gloominess when it comes to society and everything like that. And also, did you know that where he lives, it's a tourist spot as well now and they even have a special grave just for Edgar Allan Kill, Poe killing your whole I actually do like literature swag. so that's why I was no. like you're very far from being a poet word I'm broke even damn near insane even though so, he so, died so even Joe <laughs> Schmo in the corner who's trying to get some ass today so he's a poet too Mm-hmm. And you know Who's it, up? yeah, because he said I'm broke. That, that's 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 the definition of you're a poet. You're broke. Word. Okay, yeah. all right. Definitely. Your glasses right. are pretty poetic. <laughs> Thank you. Looks like a poet to me. Thank you, man. I appreciate Yo, it. Yo, why is your hat like perfect? Is anyone else noticing that? Like, it's he just like, bought it. He dresses uh, up just for today. Brand, that 47 brand, not the new era. They yeah, the curve. that's what it is. <laughs> this man knows. That's, that, what that, that, that's what it is. That's a good hat, sir. I like that Thank hat. Thank you. I'm not a Mets fan, but that's a good hat. Yeah, well, you know, I'm Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest today, we normally have this thing. Okay. Um, you got to introduce yourself. <laughs> I, we feel like, like we've always felt. What better way to start a show with a guest for them to highlight themselves and then us highlight them? Sure. Well, so introduce yourself. For those who are targeted to the party, my name is Brandon Robinson. Professionally, I go as Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Um, I'm a senior writer at Heavy.com, and I have yes. a podcast called Scoop B Radio, which 
It's been in existence since 2016. Mm. In 2018, I think we garnered 3.5 million streams. We had anybody from um, the voice of Siri, uh, Jamal Crawford, Charles Barkley. Wait, hold on. Shaq. I, I don't mean you had the. That's you a had, poet, Oz. You had Siri on your phone, like <laughs> That's from a poet. Yeah. Damn, here, here you go, from here. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> That's fire. Yeah. So I mean, we're doing our thing. Um, Yo, I didn't know Siri was a real person. Yeah. So there's this woman named Susan Bennett. And she, like, did not know she was going to be the voice of Siri. So this is what happened. So they, like, if you work for a company or whatever the company was that she was working for, they use, they, like, just put out voices for different things. And then companies pick mm-hmm. what they want. So I guess one day she found out she was on the phone and she was like, oh, like, she got paid through the company, not through Apple, from what I gather. Swindle. But <laughs> she's not the voice anymore. It's somebody else now. They change voices. Is Siri bad, though? What'd you say? Is she bad? She sounds um, like she's bad. Well, I did a phoner. Uh, but <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Maybe that didn't sound right. But and, 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 yeah, I was about to say that didn't sound right. Number one, she, and she if got you, the voice for it. Let me be clear: if, if, you, <laughs> if you go home trying to kick it to Siri, you're a sick man, my friend. Let me just be very clear: if you're in your phone, like, "Hey Siri, what are you doing tonight?" I've, I've caught many phoners talking to that Siri. So, yeah. um, <laughs> all right, never mind. No, what a phoner is. But continue, school. But judging by Google Images, <laughs> she's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so Scoopy Radio is funny. We actually, you know, my, my journey in journalism began at 12 years old. I had a radio show with the Nets when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I'm telling my age, 97, 98. Yeah. Uh, Jason Williams, Sam Cassell, mm-hmm. Kendall Gill days. Um, and I had a bunch of tapes sitting in a Timberland box. This sounds very New York at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so basically, like, you know, throughout my journey, you know, I, I was on the scene before the digital age. And so you tell people, yeah, I started when I was a kid. I started when I was a kid. Okay, so how do you prove it? I had interviews in the, in the box with 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 um, Kendall Gill, Kimmy Matumbo, Scott Burrell, B.J. Armstrong. Mm. When I had like this squeaky voice, so it's like, why don't we digitize it? And it, you know, Scoopy Radio is not a typical podcast. It's it's more like a a journey or a time capsule. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. And what happened was basically we digitized those tapes, and then I started doing new interviews, just picking up a phone call and people that I hadn't spoke to in a while. So I had you know retired NBA player Tim Thomas talk about the time he and Kenyon Martin got into it, mm-hmm. and you know just a whole bunch of other stuff. And you know had interviews with Kenny Smith. So basically, just more made it more modern. And you know it started three years ago, and you know it's been mentioned in various publications like even ESPN The Jump. So mm-hmm. you know it's just basically a time capsule that kind of got popular. And you know we still going. Okay, All right. up. nice. That's pretty pretty fire. Um, I'm I'm gonna be transparent with you. Scoot. Sure. Um, <clears throat> when you sent me the text message with your title, I was befuddled. So to give you guys context, right? Me and Scoop have been talking a while to try to make this happen because sure. we, we've been fans. Me and Aaron have been saying, "Yo, we have to have him on the show." So you're here, which we're thankful for. But in the midst yeah. of, of and also doing Kyle that, brought him up yeah, too. and Kyle brought him up too. Shout out to the boy from it, Philly. <laughs> in, in the midst of us doing all of that, I'm like, all right, like I'm I'm privy to to a lot of your background and what you've done, but your title that you wanted was very specific. Why that title? Just because of all of the things that you've done, why that? Because I think in this industry, people react to numbers, names, and titles. And mm. so sometimes when you get booked for stuff, you get used to that. And I think what I do, to be as humble but honest as possible, I think the amount of things I do and the amount of things that take place, um, I don't think a title could fathom that. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes when people ask you what you do, if you can't quantify it within two minutes or, or not even two minutes, 30 seconds, mm. it's like, well, does he really do that? So mm. I, I feel like a lot of times, particularly in what I've been able to do um, at my age, uh, I think 
I'm more senior level than my age leads on. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense because that's how I looked at you. Like, you're a writer. You're mad different things. And I'm just like, Scoop does mad shit. Why? Why? But yeah. that answer makes sense. Yeah. Because that people, makes sense. I, it's funny. I, I um, recently, I did a... Um, Clarissa Shields, okay. uh, boxer. Right? She's mm-hmm. the number one boxer in the world. That's, yeah. my, that's my people. And okay. like, you know, she just issued a challenge to Layla Ali. Uh, and me and her were texting back and forth. My, and I don't know if she... basically, well, yeah. So, <laughs> I, don't, so, I, don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if she wants that smoke. I'm just gonna be honest. Nah, nah. But Layla but, but, still but yeah, that's what yeah. I'm She hasn't boxed in she 10 years. Box, she hasn't yeah. boxed in 10 years. Yeah, she in 10 she's years. gonna wash her. Yeah, but, Clarissa will wash her. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about Layla. I'm yeah. talking about Clarissa. I don't know that Layla wants to do that. Clarissa like, told me that if you look at Layla's um, boxing record and what she's done, she fought soccer moms. And in quote, I'm not a soccer mom. Yeah, she, had, she, did, she didn't really fight. No, but she, Layla, the, Layla yeah. didn't really fight anybody. Like, if you really put it up against the one where women's boxing is now, mm-hmm. and tell who she fought back then, say who? Ma, you ain't fighting anybody. Yeah, but is that, I'm not gonna say is, that's that, is that like a fault for her, or is that just a is that just a fault of where boxing was when she was doing it? I think it's where boxing. Well, is. that's what I think yeah. where boxing was. Like yeah. there were there weren't uh, many women boxers at that time outside of Layla Lee and a few other people. I didn't China at one point consider boxing or something yeah, something like that? Are you talking about WWE China? Yeah, yeah. yeah I know there's but I'm saying there's I mean, a few <laughs> It may not it may not be a That's point. not even McGregor Mayweather <laughs> yeah. translation. It's it's not, but I'm just thinking there there weren't many choices. There but, was one sister uh, that she was ducking though. I forgot I, I forgot her name. But Layla didn't want to she didn't want to fight her. And Clarissa said that too. Yeah, well there's yeah, a lot. Yeah. Clarissa doesn't duck anyone. <laughs> no, and, and that's the point. You know, what I'm finding is, like, in, even in my headlines, mm-hmm. um, I've learned a lot of different ways to write headlines, and I'm finding, even with, with um, LaMelo Ball, when I put $10 million or $100 million, for some reason, people just respond to dollar signs and the word million in headlines. Like, mm. that Clarissa Shields article I wrote Friday afternoon has, like, 10, close to 11,000 views. The LaMelo Ball piece that I wrote, like, the beginning of this month has, like, 60,000 views. I'm finding in just my writing, you know, not clickbaiting, but finding different ways to, like, get people to look at stuff and drive the message home. Mm-hmm. Something about numbers. Yeah, but also when they look at your stuff, I've also seen other platforms rip from your stuff. Stevie Wonder could see that. Mm. <laughs> like, but, but <laughs> that, you know, I mean, that's happened to us, too. That's, that's happened Thanks. where we've, we uh, had some news that we dropped. Mm-hmm. There was a bigger platform, not going to name names, mm-hmm. but it was the Jalen Jacoby show. <laughs> um, they literally took our news and didn't give us credit initially and said they found it on Reddit. And, and at that time, major publications were already publishing about it. It was about yeah. high, how high to information, right? And Red, we're cool with Red. And then eventually, like, our fans, like, bombarded them, and then they corrected it. Yeah. So we know exactly how it feels for someone to take something that you work hard to get yourself, and I then they claim it as yours. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, so how have you been able to maneuver through things like that? Well, I find um, that you either get criticized because you're not at ESPN, you're not at Turner. I don't have conversations with both, but, you know, at the same time, what I'll say is, if you're not at ESPN, you're not at Bleacher, you're not this, then they think you're fake news. And then they got to research you to figure out who you are. And I feel like for me, having had a history in the 90s to now, it's kind of like a, an NBA ball player who played in the 90s. And I'm using this as an example, not to, 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 to dog. Yeah. Somebody like Kenny Anderson or somebody like Derek Coleman, who obviously were some of the best basketball players out there mm-hmm. in their time. They're not getting millions of followers like someone who may be the sixth man off the bench now because of just the digital landscape. Not dissing them. I know them both. I don't want y'all calling my phone. But (laughs) what I will say is 
I feel like when you're not this person or that person, they, they slight you or they think that because you're at this lesser place or feel like you should pay your dues. You're mm-hmm. not. So how do I deal with that? You make noise on social media. And, yeah. you know, like it's like I had something a couple of weeks ago where I knew Kyrie Irving was going to be out longer than, you know, what was being said. I know who my source was. If you pay attention to my social media, you will t- you probably <laughs> know too. But the point is, you're fake news until another person says it. And because the coach said, you know, he's not going to be out. And he, he, he shut down my report. Then a week later, Kyrie Irving says, yeah, I had some bursitis on my shoulder. They go back to it. It's like, you need other people to co-sign you. Is it because I am a black male? Is it because I am, you know, at a smaller publication to people's standards? You know, that's, that's, I think it's a mirror of a lot of different things. Mm. But you make noise. Some fan kept going at me on Twitter. I told him to kiss my ass. <laughs> Appropriate. It, yeah. I, I like where your head's at. Yeah. I would 100% tell a fan to kiss my ass. Okay, there's definitely been time for Brandon and Wyatt too. Yeah. I'm like, relax. Yeah. It's not worth it. He, relax. He really is the angel right here that was like, hey, Brandon, chill. I'm quick for that. Yeah. Especially, especially just because people think because they see us and you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean. They're familiar. They're yeah, very familiar. Man. Like, you don't know me, man. Like, don't get not, it twisted, yeah, right? Like, don't, don't do this. This could go left. Let's just chill. So thank you. <laughs> I, I, I thank you enough for that. Right, there's been plenty of times where his, 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 uh, his finger is about to go get yeah, triggered on the man. keyboard, and I'm like, ah, yeah. You have no. to pick your spots. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. got to pick your battles. Yeah. Yes, you have to pick your spots. But I'll tell you that I knew before. Beyond a shadow, that I've been, I've also been wrong. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not perfect. You know, and things do change at the same time. And you know, I, I think we're in a space where everybody has something to say, and because they have a social media account, they think they can talk to you like that. But I think breaking news is not my. Um, my job, my job as a, as a writer, as a journalist, and I think when you develop relationships with people and people feel comfortable telling you things, I mean, sometimes players themselves call me and tell me things, and, and you know, it, it's it's a combination of just being out in the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, when you have when you encounter these moments where you know you've been spot on, let's say article after article, you you smoking, and then you get that one that's you you may have been maybe a misstep. How do you recover from that? Like, do you feel like that hurts your brand or or your core or even the, the people that you support? Do they look at it like, uh, oh, Scoop, you dropped the ball in this one. This one is a major one. Like, do you ever worry about the cleanup or or how you're going to be perceived from a public perspective? No, because I'm living within my purpose. You okay. know, to, to Jay-Z is my favorite rapper, and I use this line all the time. I was who I was before I got here. Mm. Before, you know, a brand was next to me or before a company was next to me, I was Brandon, Katrina's son. Yeah. You know, so I feel like at the end of the day, like, um, I was dead wrong about where Kawhi Leonard was going based upon the information that I had. Every Everything that I had was Kawhi Leonard going to the Los Angeles Lakers, whether it was talking to someone with his inner circle, whether it was talking to someone who was on the business side of it, the front office side of it, because in the information space, you're getting information from players, not just players, from front office people, um, from from agents. And, you know, I think the Kawhi Leonard situation is a, is a classic example of a lot of people who got it wrong. I wasn't the only person who got it wrong. There's a narrative of other colleagues that I had who got it wrong and then there were some people who you know people will say those folks were clout chasing i've been accused of clout chasing but i think if you look at my body of work i think it stands for something and i'll add to to that particular question you asked um the day after Kawhi Leonard decided where he was going to go, or rather when Paul George was traded, which ultimately ended up the reason why Kawhi Leonard joined the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, two days later, I was in that, that week I was in Los Angeles. I was with Shaq interviewing him for something, that, and I actually broke an announcement of something he was doing. 
a day and a half later, I was speaking to kids at Ohio University at a, at a, at a, at a panel. And then right after that, flew to Oklahoma. The, and I was with Russell Westbrook the day he was traded mm-hmm. at his comedy show. And was talking to him throughout the whole process in the back. So if you want to question, you know, whether I got the Paul Paul George and Kawhi Leonard wrong, I had Paul George's rotator cuff being torn in March and April before it was announced that he had surgery in July. So I was wrong about Kawhi Boohoo, but there's other stuff that I I have gotten right, and I own up to it. I think people just who may have to be a focal point don't understand journalism. Like, they understand that things change, especially breaking news. Things change, and... People can change their mind. He could have been like, oh, Lakers, Lakers. But then when Paul George, like you said, with the trade, and they said that, even Paul George said, like, uh, he texts Kawhi congratulating him for his his championship win, and then all of a sudden sure. they just started talking. Yeah. If he didn't text him, he might have not gone to the Clippers. So mm-hmm. things like that happen and change. And I just think yeah. people are probably, like you said, putting more pressure on you because you are an ESPN. You're not, like, it's like if you're not a Woj, it's like, oh, you're, you're crap. Yeah. You and, know? I know, and the crazy thing is I know Woj, I know Shams. I ran into Woj in L.A. in October. We both stayed at the JW. Like, he works at ESPN. I write at Heavy.com. We stay at the same hotel. The only difference is he's at ESPN. He's he's like, what are you doing here? You in L.A.? We talked for a few minutes. I ran into Shams in L.A. in November. He walked up to me first and spoke. It was when Anthony Davis had some Nike thing. So it's like people see each other. Like I think people put this like, Woj has a superpower. Shams has a superpower. Maybe they're a little more senior than me and they're at a network, but we're still people. We still put our pants leg on one leg at a time. And and I'm not trying to be like them. I'm being myself. But even even when you were wrong, you were right. Because if Paul George didn't get traded to the Clippers... He was going to L.A. Right. So, you know. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Even when you're wrong, you're it right. It works out. It works out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even when you think about that, right, so as you start to kind of navigate through journalism, right, at what point does it did, do, you felt, do you feel like it started to get easier, right? Like, you know how when you first started out, like even when we started doing this show, it was a grind, right? Because you know nothing. You're, you're out. You're just working, right? And you have these these brief moments of, oh, shit, all right, this, this is working, or, or maybe these people are starting to kind of fuck with me a little mm-hmm. bit. And then you have that moment where, oh, no, I, I know what this is. What what were some of those moments for you? Or what was maybe one moment where you felt like, oh, no, I'm, I'm respected out here now. Now now people are starting to get it. I think you're always, you're, I've said this since I was a child, you're only as good as your last story. You're only as good as your last word. And I think Aaron can relate to this, too, because, you know, we blur the line of journalists but also personality. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. you... you I think a few oh shit moments was like, okay, number one, you know, last season I was on the my player mode of NBA 2K, which was cool. Um, that, and then you go to parties and stuff, and then you're in VIP with these guys, and you're having conversations that blur the line of journalism or blur the line of that. And you, you know, like there's certain things you learn, like, you know, J.A. Adande, who's now a professor at Medill, but, you know, was at ESPN and LA Times for years, said, you know, the moment that, you know, somebody has a bottle of, of something in their hand, it's assumed it's off the record. Everybody doesn't follow those small rules. Just like you watch Michael Jordan, and sometimes when he's playing defense, he can contort the way his opponent was moving by, like having his, his hand checking days, but you could put your hand on their waist and kind of move the way your, your opponent goes when they're mm-hmm. going to post. Mm-hmm. Those are little things like that in journalism where, you, you know, those are things you, those are taught through the, through the, through the greats. One of Jay Adande's, um mentors was was Michael Wilbon, who mm-hmm. covered the Bulls during the 90s era of championships. Yeah. I think, you know, to answer your question directly, I think it comes from just experience and being out there in the field and not being so caught up on the social media side, but enhancing it with actually face-to-face communication. There's no replication for that. So I think the parties, 
And then when you see people at one function and they recognize you from another and they see you and then you start exchanging phone numbers and don't force it. Mm -hmm. Let it happen. Like, you know, there's been times I've been with, with, with certain athletes or certain celebrities. They're like, yeah, call me. You got my number right? I'm like, well, actually, no. Yeah. And then you put in your phone. I, I think there's a cadence to it. It's almost like, you know, hollering at a, at a, a lady and trying to get her number. Don't force it. Like, let it happen organically. Yeah, I think that's what journalism is. It's funny that you say that, though, because I feel like... It, as a woman, it's like I never ask for their contact number. Like, even if I do talk to them, I mean, there have been some athletes recently who a lot of people have been talking to me because they want to get into esports and gaming. So mm -hmm. I've been talking to their management and stuff like that. Um, and there's one, a few players that I've actually spoken to. And I'm like, hey, like, and I was like, okay, let's let's have a conversation. Like, give me your, like, what's your manager's contact information? They're like, no, you can you can take mine. Like, but I never assume that I would get their number because yeah. especially as a woman it's like I have to move even more a particular way I think also kind of like a blessing and a disguise for me was that I also think there's like a different level of respect that I get because I was a D1 athlete and I played at UK. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of the guys at UK. So like they don't treat like they, especially when certain basketball players, they don't treat me that way because mm -hmm. they know that I know Carl or this person, that person. Mm -hmm. But it's also just like you said, it's a balancing act. But even like the way that you balance it is even still a little more different than how I have to balance just because I have a vagina. Yeah. Yeah, but that but that's yeah. true. That's, that's, that's yeah. true. I was gonna say something slick. I'm like, you know I, what? Yeah, I was, I, I'm like, yeah. 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 It's a good point. Right. As, as you were saying it, though, I was like, yeah, it's kind of the same with vagina. But but even still, we we were sure talking about is. this last week though. I, it, it, it's important though because I, there are fine lines. We were talking about this last week. Remember Wilson on on last episode? We were talking about how certain artists or when you're around certain celebrities and stuff that certain people don't know how to act or, or how to in, interpret those interactions where you yeah. wind up either, you know, setting yourself up for success or really just destroying it and leaving the worst impression you can possibly leave that you don't want to leave. So I look at those moments like at, at what point do you feel like you, you pull away, right? Like, what what is that gut feeling that you get in in conversation? Do you think that can be taught, or do you think you either have it or you don't? Well, I didn't play sports um, in high school, but mm -hmm. I was always big, tall, black, and kicked it. Oh, with word! The, the nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, but I, I kicked it with the nerds. I kicked it with the athletes. Yeah. And I went to prep school, so I've always been able to have a rapport. Mm -hmm. I think, but every journalist is not the same. Some people, this is the highest point they've ever been. And they kind of geek some, some, not all, geek out and fan out. And I, so I think the more and more you're around it and the more practice you get, you know, I've been in situations, there comes a point sometimes when you get information and some athletes cut you off, mm. you know, and then sometimes you reconnect with those athletes later on. And, or because you got to remember, some of these guys are 21, 22, 23 years old. I'm in my 30s. Yeah. You know, so I may see life differently than they do. Most money they ever had. So I, I think there comes a point where you just let, you, you kind of dial into high school and college, mm -hmm. and you kind of just use your instinct and your gut. And sometimes when you cross over into genres, it's an interesting thing, too. A couple weeks ago, I was in Tallahassee, Florida, and uh, was with Juvenile. Mm -hmm. and That's so with, random, with, by the way. <laughs> That's I love those random. stories. Those are the best stories. Those though. are the best stories. <laughs> it's those down south stories. Yeah. Yeah. So I played in a celebrity basketball game in Tallahassee, okay. Florida. Uh, shout out to my guy, DJ Dump. Um, and basically, um, he had a celebrity basketball game on that Friday. It's his whole birthday week. And that Saturday, there was a concert. Trina performed. Jeezy performed. Uh, Juvenile performed. And uh, I went up to Juvenile. Hey, you got a few minutes. I want to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. 
Mm-hmm. He goes, nah, you can reach out to my management. I'm like, this sounds like some NBA shit years ago. Yeah. Like, I'm past that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's music. So it's different. He don't yeah. know me. I don't know him. Yeah. Jeezy, it's like a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Trina, she talked all day. Yeah. Trina, you know, my mother's name is Katrina. Uh, you know, Miami, I have family from Florida. There's a commonality there. It's easy. Yeah, easy connection. There. And she's a woman and I'm a male. So I'm turning on high school or a college charm to get the interview that I need. Um, and so I, I think Jeezy, I, it felt like Jay. So I was like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. You know, certain people have different relationships with different people. Him, he was on this. I just don't want to be bothered Rob. I left it alone. Yeah. Yo, bring up video games. Yeah. I'm telling you. Really? I'm yeah. telling 100%. you. I've seen people's faces go from being like cold stone straight. So then we're talking about video games like, oh, wait, what? You know about video games? Like, I've seen grown-ass men, like, geek out on some, like, I'm a kid kind of vibe just talking about video games. If, honestly, if I've actually built relationships a lot more with people in music and sports because of us talking about video games. And you're a pretty woman. I mean, but that, yeah. Mixed with but, talking about video games. No, but, I'm not hating. You know. You're a fucking unicorn. You know. Um, that is a vagina. That is, it is a cheat code. <laughs> Human cheat code in the flesh. Yeah. But also, no, but I've also seen how other people, like, even when Brandon brought up video games, it just, yeah. it's just a whole different dynamic. So I guess I'm giving away the spiel, but if you're a journalist, talk about video games. If you but, know how to talk about video games, that's real. talk about video games. But that's real, because we discovered that. What, what, what episode did we discover? Oh, with uh, Little Brother? Uh, with Little Brother. Long story short, Little Brother brother came on the show shout out to them fonte is a huge gamer i i never knew that i'm a huge fonte fan little brother fan of course but i never knew he was a gamer like that who never knew that fonte was a gamer like that and then it was like oh my god you could see the difference though in how they started to kind of have a different conversation the energy was different sure it's one of those moments what i've realized especially with gaming is that Everyone still wants to be a kid at, for, from, from a certain point in time, right? Like, you still want to... You're adulting all day long to the point where you just need that one moment to be a kid. Mm-hmm. And, and for us, gamers, it's games. So any minute you can talk about a game with someone and it's like a hidden thing for them where it's like, oh, no one really knows this is my thing. And it's like, oh, you're opening up this cocoon. It, it blossoms. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good point, E. Yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. fair. When I was in college... Um, I still to this day We were talking about this I had you on the Scooby Radio podcast yep. We talked about Sega Dreamcast mm-hmm. yep. I feel like it's one of the most underrated Video game systems And it was so ahead it of its time It was revolutionary Because it was the first system mm-hmm. To have the internet yep. You use dial up of yep. course But um, Damn Yeah right <laughs> Dreamcast Yeah Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ooh, so Do you remember the dial up though Ooh, yeah. The struggle of that Trying to Yes Brandon for the, for the millionth time We are the same age bro. You're older than me I'm not no, What are you talking about Lying. Yeah. <laughs> they have like a it sounds weird, but an age off. They never know which we never they never want to tell who's older or who's not. He's they older. call each other old. He says he's old. He says he's older. All the fa- I know the answer is, but our fans don't. I think it's a pissing contest for both of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say there is something about your era, particularly because of your background with Joe, that I think y- you got a lot more on-site training that most of these oh, digital yeah. guys not coming at you don't have. Yeah, yeah, Where you had to do a lot more. You had to package the album. You had to sell an album. You had to yeah. you had to sell out your trunk. These days, it just hits iTunes, and that's it. And I feel like that's invaluable that carries over 
where you transitioned to the digital space like Joe did. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, that's one thing I like doing music and and specifically with Joe. It, it was a lot of that. Like yeah. he he was very much like, all right, you want to do what with your life? Okay, go ahead and do it. I'm not gonna teach you. You're gonna learn the hardships of it. Yeah. But if if you if it works out, you'll come out on top. If you don't, like that's the era. You know what I'm saying? And I think. A lot of, especially the generation coming up, a lot of them miss that piece. They miss the, the, the grind. They just look at, I want that, and I'm skipping all of the letters in between just to get to Z. Not realizing that all of those letters in between are so valuable, you can't get that back. <laughs> some things, some, some roles are, are really on-site training. Like, there's nothing you can do. It's situational situations where you just got to go and use your judgment and figure it out. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I think two times I, I realized that um, growing up, my family ran and operated two businesses on 125th Street in Harlem, mm-hmm. a shoe store uh, called Men's Walkers, which was right across the street from the Lennox Lounge. The other was a sneaker store, the Athlete's Foot, the only black-owned Athlete's Foot in New York State. And I used to work uh, making a dollar a day ringing the cash register, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, hearing debates about who's better um, and seeing celebrities coming in and out of the store like Dominique Wilkins doing releases uh, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon doing releases those were invaluable experiences that I took to the locker room at 12 years old yeah. I remember hearing my mother argue with someone in the store about whether or not Rex Chapman deserved to have his poster hung on the wall and my mother saying yeah because that's a bad white boy <laughs> and then running into Rex Chapman you know in, in, in an NBA locker room hi I'm Rex Chapman I know who you are my mom said you're a bad white boy and he thought it was hilarious mm. You know, yeah, yeah. On on Twitter, I've never met him. And on Twitter, he transitioned. Yeah, he's one of those transitioners. Yeah. So I feel like you know when you look at just how that carried over to that, and then working at the Source magazine, yeah, for free. Yeah. You people, you know, having those experiences, you learn a lot when you're living in your grandmother's basement trying to pay the rent and do Mm -hmm. what you need to do. I was that guy. Yeah. So. Uh, obviously, clearly from the conversation, like we've had a lot of experience when it comes to the digital and just journalists and content and just being around celebrities, right? These two are actually kind of new to that scene, and especially through the the podcast itself. I guess Nas and Wilson, do you guys want to talk just about? I guess a- after hearing what uh, Scoop had to say, mm-hmm. um, some things that you guys have learned or like adjusted to, or you guys didn't even realize until we, we started Grassroots Podcast, or just being around some of these people that we've been around. The what the one thing I would say that I've learned is just act like it's like the end zone. Act like you've been there before. Yeah, you know, and with Brandon, shades, the, man. I love the shades. <laughs> <laughs> that Brandon, right? Yeah, this Brandon. That's cool. <laughs> this Brandon was saying while doing the legwork, right? A lot of these people that come behind us, because again, we're all the same age. They they didn't go to the library. Allegedly, <clears throat> they they didn't go to the library. They didn't they didn't have to look up. They didn't. When you do your book report now, it's like Google. Yeah. You, you can Google everything. Yep. I remember going to the library and taking out and seven taking books. Out a, yep. And then Dude, you got decimal <laughs> bitches. Yeah. 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 I bet you they don't even know what that is. I know. <laughs> Yo, do libraries still exist? And that may be a really yeah. ignorant I'm question. Yeah, campus. man. You think, yeah. you think they're like Blockbuster? But, but <laughs> I mean, yo, you playing. You playing, though. Huh? It's one at 42nd at Bryant Park and one at Harlem. One at 42nd. But, but, but that's yeah. my point. Think about it, though. You said like Blockbuster. I really look at libraries like Blockbuster because of Google and because of all of these other search engines that make it just easy access straight off your phone. Why do I need a library? Rest in peace to Dogpile. Dog, oh, my God. And SG. And SG. SG. <laughs> Oh my god! 
Yeah, I'm almost there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Those are good old days. I mean, that, but to answer your question, Aaron, that's what I've learned. Because yeah. you act like you've been there before, yeah. and then you have to do your own networking. The digital, the digital age helps, mm-hmm. and it, it helps with your persona, and it helps you know, cultivate a personality to, to what you want to show people. But you still got to do the legwork. You yeah. still got to go out and shake hands and introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, I, that's what I've gotten from it. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. What about you, Wilson? I mean, because you've kind of made the biggest transition, I think, out of everyone here. Yeah, you showed your face. Yeah, you showed your face. Yeah, that's 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 pretty big. Didn't that start at the live show? Yeah, Yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, being around like uh, like people that you're seeing growing up, like Redman or or Royce, it's a surreal experience to be around them. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know, man. I treat everybody like I, I treat famous people like they're not famous. Yeah. You get more respect. Yeah, you get more yeah. respect. You, yeah, get more respect you know what like I'm that. saying? Like, but there's a line too. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, I can't remember who it was. It's, it's, I'll say the story. Fuck it. it. I think it was like Q-Tip or something during like a slaughterhouse record. Like, I was like, oh shit, it's Q-Tip. Like talking to him, and then it was like he was like, all right, everybody get the fuck out the room. It's time to record. But you could see where every, it went from yo respect like I, I fuck with him to you could see the switch for him and everyone knew what that switch was. Makes sense. Like everyone was like, up oh, no, he's, he's all right. This isn't the moment to fuck around no more. Mm-hmm. I think being able to distinguish those are very, very, very yeah. important. But that you know how long it it, it it takes most people to learn that aspect of of just dealing with people, not just celebrities, influencers, but just people knowing when to. Talk and when not to talk, knowing the right question to ask and the wrong question to ask. A lot of people struggle with that. Still yeah. to this day, there's people I know that legitimately are older than us, and I'm talking older, that cannot be around famous people. Like, don't know how to act, don't know how to, like, nervous. Yeah. Like, I'm, it's, it's interesting to me when I'm, I see it's it. It's even more than that. There are people, like... Kind of, I guess, kind of what you were saying earlier about how people think that they know you, but it's like we are giving a piece of ourselves to you and sharing yeah. a piece of ourselves, but that's not everything that we are. Definitely, and there are certain things and certain conversations, especially on here. Like, there's definitely like certain like jokes and conversations that we say to each other on here, mm-hmm. and other people like are like, oh yeah, yeah. It's like no, 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 no. That yeah. that joke was for us. It yeah. wasn't for you. <laughs> yeah, like, relax. Like you <laughs> need to relax. You don't yeah. know me. Yeah, that relax. was for us. <laughs> um, but I. But even with that, like. Social media has been a blessing in the sense that it has allowed people like you and us who just created something to then become something. But then also with that, it's like a glass wall where people can see more of us, see more of what we do, and they feel and think they know who we are Mm -hmm. or how we are, but they have no idea. Agreed. And it's it's like that fine fine balance too, especially when you meet them in person. It's like that fine balance where you're like, don't want to be an a-hole, but you also have to set boundaries because people think they know you. Yeah. I deal with that more. I, I go to a, a rather large church, and they're proud of me. I grew up in that church, but sometimes, because you know me then and you know me now, you may get judged. And not just in church, in schools I've gone to, etc. Sometimes you might get treated by how they see you on social versus oh. how you are just chilling. Yeah, that's why I like the difference between Brandon Scoopy yeah. Robinson and Brandon. Yeah, because they're similar but they're different. And I think, you know, like, I'll never forget when I was in high school, my mom came to pick me up. I've been to school all my life. I didn't give myself that nickname. Name, nickname should be earned, not given. And um, my mom came to pick me up. And they were like, has anybody seen Brandon? Who? Has anybody <laughs> seen Brandon? Who? 
She goes, have y'all seen Scoop? Oh, yeah, Scoop's in the, in the gym. He's doing this. I get in the car. She says, I had no idea your name was Scoop on your birth certificate. <laughs> it's like there's a difference there, but that's that's what you do when you expose yourself in that way to people. They think they know you. You're yeah. relatable. Yeah. Mm. But even for you, E, your transition is, is different, too. Like, you're going to... Yeah, yeah you're going, I you, cut my hair. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> you made a lot of transitions from hair, from, from even how you carry yourself. Yeah. What's the difference for you? Because... Yours again is very different. It's it's most people wouldn't go the scenic route the way that you yeah. go. Yet I, you go the scenic route. <laughs> I think it's more so that like as a woman, especially within media and entertainment, is that I've been told how I have to be. Mm-hmm. I've been told that oh I can't do content for this platform mm-hmm. because I'm not dressing more feminine mm-hmm. or stuff like that, right? And I've had so many people tell me that, and I just got tired of it. I'm like, even like. You know, and this is not a bad thing, but like even for like Revolt TV, like Diddy's very particular with who he has on. But when it came to certain interviews, like I'm really good at bringing out information the best from people. Mm -hmm. And I had an interview, I forget who it was, but it was a really good piece. But because I didn't fit the aesthetic, Mm -hmm. they didn't put it up. Yeah. So I said, all right, like, and that's no shade to Diddy over Revolt. I understand, but Mm -hmm. I also think that it's very. It's very outdated to have the whole, oh, a woman has to look this way or that way. Like, yeah, I get it. Sex does sell, right? But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I just found out yesterday. Matter of fact, I think I I found out on your social media. Um, But I think that what people have to understand is what people consider sex appeal ranges differently. Like, there have been times where people, like, there are people that think that, uh, you know, and, and that's not to toot my own horn, but just how certain men interact with me. They think I'm like super sexy, and I'm like, you are. I'm like, but I'm like, I'm in a hoodie, <laughs> like humble. I'm. Uh, uh, that's a humble. No, 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 no. Relax, no. relax, relax. There's he some people. There's right there. been, been some people asking about you too. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, don't, not, don't, yeah, get, not, don't get not, twisted. Not. And then not like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, but I just started, like, I guess for me, I just started to realize, because um, I'm starting to see just these different women that are killing it that don't fit the status quo. And I'm like, I'm going to be myself. And I think that once I started to be myself and, and, and accept that and mm-hmm. showcase that, mm-hmm. that was actually when more opportunities have come. And now those same platforms that didn't want me are now hitting up my agents. Yeah. So it's just like, I guess people have to understand that the industry is very bandwagony. They'll tell you that you don't fit the status quo, but the second you're popping, oh, now all of a sudden you fit the status quo. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I like I rather live in my truth, be myself, mm-hmm. and and showcase that. And I think that, and I think also part of the reason that I guess what contributes to my success is that people love the fact that I'm being me. Like there's so many people that try so hard not to be them, and yeah. they're like, you know what, we support her because you're just trying to be you. Mm-hmm. And I think then. That I think that, that also adds on to the sex appeal of me being confident in who I am and Absolutely. et cetera. So it's kind of like a full circle moment going on. Yeah. I think I think most people love someone that knows who they are. Mm-hmm. That there, there's a there's a sexiness and confidence. For you sure. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, you sure. said something, and I, and I don't know if you caught it. You said people think confident. I'm sexy, and I said you are. I don't know if you heard me, but let me clarify that. There is a level of sexiness in someone living their truth, living their light, yeah. mm-hmm. um, knowing their purpose. And I've watched you. Um, mm-hmm. You and I first met at the Global Spin Awards. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of people there. You laughed at a picture I posted on Instagram. It was a picture with Tahiri and <laughs> yeah. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tahiri was there. Busta Rhymes was there. And, I, and you were at Revolt. And there, there was a light that was on you that I don't think you saw just yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you were on your journey, but I see a light that shines on you. 
Um, and that's that's important. And I think the rebrand or whatever it is that you were doing, your light shines. You, yeah. you, there's there's when certain people are getting to their their level or where they're going. I think God or whoever you believe is is the creator gives you what you're ready for when you're ready for it. When you realize this is what I'm supposed to be doing, yeah. and it's clear that that's that's where you are in your in your journey. Yeah, yeah, and also I think it's just about saying like not just saying true to yourself, but just people think that good people. It, struggle more in the industry, and it, it, yes, it does. Yes, yeah. but also, it's a long term. It's a long term success, right? Yeah. You could be, you know, uh, you could hang with certain people because you know they'll get you where you need to go. You can ignore certain people, etc. It may give you like quick success, but ultimately, being nice and being a good person will get you farther, way farther in the industry than if you just kind of like. Act like you're 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 part of the celebrity group, or sure. you're you're bigger yeah. than people, right? Because yeah. you never know who knows who. I've had so many opportunities just being going to events and talking to someone mm. while everyone else ignored them. I talked to them and then finding out. Like, I think there was one time I went to for the Forty Forty Club, and Nicki Minaj was having a, a a thing there, and it was me and a few other people. And of course, everyone wanted to talk to Nicki Minaj, and then there was a guy who came up to I think me and this a uh, few other people. They ignored him because they're like, who's this guy? I talked to him. He was nice. He didn't, like, try to, like, aggressively hit on me. Come to find out, he's on Nikki's team. Mm. He's just one. He's, like, one of the people who's in the cut that you don't know is on is on her team. Yeah. And he was just chilling at the time. Mm. And he was like, and for that, he was like, I'm, he's like, I'm more willing to connect you to her than them because you actually took the time to be a kind person and actually talk to me. Well, well that's the thing is I think when even in this business it's so it's so easy to go that the the scenic route of just doing grimy things you know what i'm saying i think for people like us it's easier to sleep at night when you know that you don't you know what i mean and i think it's easy to get sucked up or wrapped into the the game or the industry is whatever you want to call it and not realizing you could lose yourself really quickly in the same fashion <laughs> while you're trying to go chase whatever it is that you're chasing. I would agree. My mom and my, my, my stepfather who, who raised me often would say to me when they would drop me off and to school, remember who you are and whose you are. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I think many people, as I talked about certain journalists, this is the hottest they've been. This is like the zenith of where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who am I? Yeah. And I think knowledge of self is, is a as an elongated process mm -hmm. definitely do you think that odell is on that on that journey right now <laughs> because he slapped that cup on the on the butt do you well, think hold on give the give the fans some context of what happened well, after <laughs> lsu won mm -hmm. odell was kind of amped in the locker room slapped the cop on the cheeks cop turned around didn't really like Ooh, it too much ass backing full, full circle mm. full circle and then I, I you know i think the cop got mad because he started rapping to him and it, wasn't, <laughs> and it wasn't a cop, you know. It was a oh, security officer. It was a security was officer? not a police officer. Yeah. Oh, Yo, man, man, keep your hands to yourself. But do you think he's on that journey? Um, do you think he knows who, well, who he is? This is <laughs> what, I, what I will tell you is um, I know Odell's mother. Mm -hmm. um, and, and conversation. Scoop, hold on. You can, we can't have jokes and then you say you know his mom. Scoop, like, Jesus Christ, Scoop. So like, let come me, on, let bro. Step step back and get it, it was him. Yeah, it was regular enough. Yeah, I'm him. Like, Jesus, Scoop. So, <laughs> reset. Uh, in my journalistic journey, um, you know, covering sports, mainly basketball, but also, you know, dovetailing into other sports, I've, I know Odell's 
the person who raised him, his mother. Uh, and one of the things that she she voiced to me was, you know, she always she always raised her son to express himself, to be a law-abiding citizen, and to do what he's supposed to do in life. Yeah. However, he still is in his twenties. And he looked a little drunk. Yeah, a he little was bit. Really drunk. He, he was he was lit. You could see it. And I think um, you know, there's been times where I've been off the clock, and I've still stepped foot into an NBA arena, and maybe I had a little drink. You gotta know when to stop. Yeah. And I think that in that instance, I think he was doing a little too much. I think he knows who he is. Yeah. I also think he wants to get traded. Oh yeah, Cleveland's not the greatest. Let me tell you, I've been there. I love literally, no offense. I know some people who live there, but literally, they're like, "You want to see Cleveland?" Twenty yeah. minutes later, all right, that's it. I'm like, yeah, yo, like ever since LeBron left, literally, it's like a ghost literally, town. Literally. What I like about Cleveland, though, I like you know the movie A Christmas Story. Yeah, yeah. That was taped in Cleveland. I didn't. know. They have a whole museum, and I came to Cleveland when it was in a snowstorm. And so I got to see it at night. That's fine. See the the lamp, the, the the lamp that lit up at night. The leg pretty, one. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. It was That's pretty hard. cool. That's but, hard. But as far as Odell goes, I I think he wants to be traded. But I think you have to be careful, particularly with the wide receiver position, uh, where a lot of times these marquee guys are a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. and sometimes you look at the the. Antonio Brown situation, very different situation. Sometimes you can write checks that your ass can't cash. Yeah, but that's and you got to be careful. It's different. Yeah, it's that, different. That Antonio Brown shit is completely different. It's different, but I think he has set a blueprint of how to get traded if you don't want to be in a respective city. Anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yes, I hundred percent. I, I, I don't know if I'm following that blueprint. No, 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 because his agent just dropped him. Let, and, so I, and I'll double back to you. You, you don't. You, you don't think you, that's a part of the plan? <laughs> You lost, you you're out of thirty million dollars. It don't come on. Do you really? <laughs> you got traded with a I, few I, days. I hear you, but really think about it. Antonio Brown can be a star without being in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, he can rap. be. He, he can has rap. the social media influence. A hundred percent, he does. He has the charisma. He has that. Yeah. He has tapped into a personality that could sell. I could see him being a reality TV star. Huh? Easy I mean, money. We already saw with Ocho Cinco still being around, still Easy. doing stuff. Easy. Ocho he has Cinco's, a personality. Ocho Cinco's agent, who had actually had the same agent, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Rosenhaus. Yeah. Yes. Didn't drop him. No. Antonio, well, no, no, Drew, Drew no. stands by people. Wait, wait, but <laughs> the dropping? No, 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 no. He said that he was only dropping him until he got help. Yeah. If he got help, I would assume he would pick him back up. That was based on the report that came out. Babe, I'm going to break up with you when you get yourself together. I'll come back. I was just hollering at them girls. I'm gonna get right back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coming right back. But listen, that's that's a recipe for a breakup. <laughs> It makes sense to me in my head. You think he's winning? A hundred percent. You think AB is winning? A hundred percent. If you, want, you think AB is winning? Let me, let me speak to Quantify something. Quantify winning. I could speak to it. I've yeah. lived it. That's the only reason I know. I, even with Joe and Def Jam, I know what, what, was do, what we were doing. Like You're trolling. You better believe it. If, we, if I know that wherever I'm at, be it a label, be it a, a team, be it an organization, it, be it a, a Fortune 500, if I know I'm not getting my worth, it's like anyone. You're going to figure out a way. You were so, yeah. getting ready to get your worth. How do you and, know that, though? And then you called your general manager uh, a cracker. You used a racial epithet. But, but even, even with that... He, How does he, that winning? How it, would I explain to please. He could win. at least call him a saltine. <laughs> yeah, some some cheese cracker. Yeah. At least have the cheese on Jeez, the front. Something. I, <laughs> I, I How is that winning? I get what you're saying, but the win probably for him is, yo, if I get out of this situation I'm in, uh, it's a win. <laughs> See, the thing that messed him up was that 
young lady coming out with that situation in New England. And, and, and in that process, I wonder, okay, say I had stayed in, in Oakland and chilled. Right. Would that have come out? It's kind of like hmm. Kyle's over there in Philly. They say the word drawing, meaning you, you're drawing, you're drawing a lot doing of too t- much. You're doing too much. You know, you're drawing too much. T- out of pocket, Ock. Doing too much. Getting, <laughs> drawing attention to yourself. Right. I feel like he was drawing in Oakland by being so extra because look at the Patriots not in the AFC conversation right now right. not in the Super Bowl conversation if he was still in, in, in New England and, and was catching balls and that situation had happened or if things may have worked itself out in Oakland maybe it could have worked out like I wonder those things if he hadn't acted up in Oakland would that lady have had a leg to stand on and would have Oakland stu- would Oakland have stu- stood by him mm. I think um, that's a good question Gruden would have stood by him. Yes. In New England, they told him, don't have any contact with this young lady. Don't do anything. He goes and texts her go and, and goes through social media. Drawing. What you, <laughs> how is that winning? It's winning because you're not seeing the big plan. What you are seeing is someone implode. What you don't see is someone probably trying to purposely implode to change their long-term situation. But I, it's I'm possible. Con- I'm confused because he's outside out of, the league. of football. But <laughs> see, that's the thing. Everybody yeah. thinks that being in a, being like I use myself example, not related to Antonio Brown. <laughs> right? Do you want to get signed by ESPN? Do you want to get signed by Turner? Like, yeah, but I'm not just gonna be happy to be there. Yes, thank you. In that instance, that's first, what I'm saying. So is it is he gonna make more money out? So that's why I asked you to quantify winning. Mm-hmm. Are we talking winning in football? or Are we talking about branding outside of that? Yeah. And if it's branding outside of that, what kind of money are we talking about? To me, reality TV, uh, loving hip hop. Maybe you're not you're not making that type of money in loving hip hop. D- d- depends. Okay, yeah. we'll go with depends that. You would, you would know better depends. than that. It, it depends. I will depends say. Depends on who, who you are. It depends on who you are. <laughs> yeah. And it depends on how good you 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 can your negotiate. Profile. And you your just profile. took the words right out of my mouth. It depends on your profile. So I'm not saying you're both wrong. I'm just right. looking at and digging into it deeper. I mean, I yeah. just I really don't see it because it's like if I'm a company, how why do I want to work with AB? He can he get he can be hot or cold, you know, as quick as the minute changes. Only reason is because again, it goes to your value and your worth. Like it, it's almost like think of controversy uh, sells. Yeah, it's it's almost like thinking of uh, uh, college scouts going to a college game, going to look at certain athletes. Perfect example would be uh, Aaron Hernandez. Perfect example of someone that embodies. Nothing but the physique of a football player, the skill of a football player, but just has shown some traits of being maybe a little off a little bit, right? But still, looking at being looked at as potentially being an asset, some companies will take the chance knowing that they'll get their return. They'll already factor in, yo, he's going to get in trouble. He may uh, do something illegal. We know that. (laughs) The Chicago Bulls brought in Jack Haley when Dennis Rodman was traded to um, San Antonio. From San Antonio there because Jack Haley was Dennis's, be- the late Jack Haley because he was best friend, uh, was his best friend. Um, mm-hmm. The Lakers hired Jack Haley or brought him in and, and got him paid because he knew that Jack that Jack had Dennis's ear. Yeah. And so they took a risk because they knew there was something different about him. Uh, one of the, the first moves Greg Popovich made was trade Dennis Rodman when you think about it. Yep. That's crazy. But 
I think teams factor in that we're not comparing Dennis Rodman to to Antonio Brown at all, and I do think that there are some things that he needs to fix, uh, at least even if he's pretending to fix, meaning yeah. domestic violence or yeah. threatening women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not it's it's not it's a non negotiable. It's not tolerated. Um, but he also wasn't caught on tape like Ray Rice was. Yeah. So it's it's that just that was just bad. It, it's it's one of those things that just right now the optics have to. He needs to sit down and be quiet. Maybe somebody needs to take his Twitter account. Yeah. Um, but I think he will be in the league much faster than Colin Kaepernick will because. Ooh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, dive yeah, yeah, into yeah. that hold one. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a yeah. nice take. Scoop, you're not about just. Yeah, you're not going to sail over that. Put pimping. <laughs> um, let's circle back to that. What are your thoughts? And I know for for viewership, I know we're jumping all over, sure. but again, it's not very often we we have people like Scoop here that can give sure. us the inside information. Sure. That's sure. Sure. the inside scoop. What do you think on on <laughs> on all of that with Kaepernick? Because I'm be honest, like they they know this, and 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 and, and, and the viewership knows. I just started watching football this year again. Okay. I took the break. I stood with Cap. I kneeled with Cap, rather. Not stood. I kneeled with Cap, <laughs> and I was fighting a fight. Guess what, Scoop? I don't even know what I was fighting for, so I'm watching the NFL again. My point is, do you think doing all of that and given the last tryouts that he had, that was helping or hurting him getting back into the league? And do you think his agenda is actually to get back into the league or to stir up the league? I think it's to stir up the league. Smart man. Um, Smart I man. Think, you know, when I saw him wearing Kunta Kente, a T-shirt, yep. I said, damn, that was that whole week me and my mom and stepdad took to watch Roots every night. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, you're really trying to educate folks on what it is that it is, but what is the ultimate goal? That I don't know. I don't know Colin Kaepernick, but I do think um, – it's a conversation that has been ongoing. When you look at police brutality, um, that's always been an issue. But I think in the digital space, uh, people are able to see in real time, whether it's cop body cams, whether it's, you know, what's being said, what's out there, that, you know, there is a problem of race. And the issue is that in racism, you have to have conversation. Racism is taught in the home. Race is taught uh, or the belief that a brown crayon is lesser than a white crayon or a black crayon. That's taught at home. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's even, you know, within African-American and Hispanic community, you think you're better than. It's a belief. If somebody's lighter than you, they think they're better or they're darker, they're inferior. I think mm-hmm. I think it's a deep-rooted conversation that we're a grass-rooted conversation um, <laughs> that, we're, that, we're, that we're forced to have. Yeah. Um, and so I think Colin Kaepernick in this instance is the conduit for it. I think Colin Kaepernick, the way he was raised versus who he ended up becoming was uh, based off of realization from everything that I've read or heard. He was adopted. He's biracial. And how do you fit into that context of who you are as a person? Um, I think he's he's finding that out himself. But I think at the same time, a lot of people feel that he's wasting their time. Uh, I wasn't in Atlanta, but I know that it seemed like the NFL was trying to to control his narrative. And he saw it. And he went to work somewhere else, to work out somewhere else with people who he knew. I mean, when you look at this objectively, you were going to be put into a situation where there were no cameras and you were going to have some receivers that you never had worked with before. I'm sure you guys are all professional. You do this podcast. I'm sure you can adjust with working with other people, but you know what you know, who you know. You know their yeah. sweet spots. You know yeah. their weaknesses, et cetera. And I think in that instance, he didn't maybe need the NFL – Or he did. I don't know. I I think in this instance, people saw the workout. So there could never be a discussion of he's not elite. 
the minute he threw, Adam, Adam Schefter put out a tweet. A league source told me that Colin Kaepernick's arm is elite. Duh, we all watched it. I think this kind of showed in real time in social media. Uh, maybe you don't need um, other people to create what you have. I don't 100%. know. I, I think that workout to me showed that. And I think he got the last word. And I think the NFL wanted to control his last word. Well, they kind of got the last word. Didn't they sign one of the wide receivers? They did get the last from, word from business that, uh, wise. Yes, mm-hmm. they did. Patty. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? Yeah. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, but Patty, Patty. That's at, it. At, at what he doesn't really leave them much choice, though. And not saying that they're right. I, I, I get what he did. They're one hundred percent wrong. Yeah, one hundred percent. But it, it's like, think about it. Think about if you're if you, you're the NFL, right? Okay. And and you hold this this combine workout, whatever. Yeah. That's moved. You then go to to this new location, new workout, and then. You see the person that all of this this hoopla has been around for for how many months now, years or whatever at this point, and the first thing you see is him take off a Kunta Kinte shirt. I mean, take off his shirt. And you see a Kunta Kinte shirt. For them, they probably looked at it like, "Oh shit, yeah, we fucked up. <laughs> this this probably we shouldn't have played with him like that." But in, on the flip side. I, again, I just look at, at at forecasting. I look at how does that help him long term, long long term. Got the way contract past, with Nike. Yeah, yeah. But but way past that, you 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 kind of set yourself up as being this rebel, at least to the public eye, of being the, the wild card. We so don't know Mar- what you're going to get. King. So okay. was Malcolm X. Yeah. So so was Nelson Mandela. At, at, so was Muhammad Ali. Absolutely. And, and for that, that's why I think it makes sense to him. I I understand. Like looking at it. I understand what he was doing. But my only my only thing is if he was trying to get back into the league, that was stupid. If he wasn't trying to get back to the league, which I don't think he was trying to get back into the league, but well, let's say if he was, that that just wasn't smart. You don't you don't think it's a little foolish that they won't let a man play in the league for a Kunta Kente shirt? Um, if he, if he's it's, deeper than Kunta Kente. It's, it's, it's deeper than Kunta Kente, but is, Kunta, the, is, is he a fictional character? No, that's he, Alex Haley's. Uh, it was based off uh, of Alex Haley's yeah. book, Roots, yeah. that yeah. was turned into a made-for-TV movie. But Kunta yeah. Kente was a real was person. His slave name. Mm, it was based it was, off of many different people. Yeah, yeah. Kunta Kente so, embodied so a sla- number of uh, uh, folk tales and and and, and, and uh, slavery. Yeah. Slavery existed. Yeah, correct. So you don't think it's a little bit aggressive for them to not let the man play in the league, or even to even let that even stop them in any way from letting him play? Just for a Kunta Kente shirt? I but, think the NFL is not as forward-thinking as the National Basketball Yes, and it, That's but, a lot of it. Well, also, but that's people a huge have to problem, realize, though. too, that the NBA wasn't as forward-thinking as it used to be, even with David Stern, true, right? David true. Stern helped build the NBA, but he also didn't allow them to wear basketball shorts a certain way, or even yeah. he had the biggest issue with Allen Iverson. So yeah. I think, like, with the NFL, at the end of the day, business is business. Whether we think they're doing something wrong but, or right, it doesn't matter. They're going to do what they want to do. But isn't it kind of weird, because I think, who was it? Was it was it Tim Tebow? Yeah. Or somebody somebody took a knee during Tim Tebow. Got, hold on. Not not the NFL thing, but somebody was taking a knee for abortion during the national anthem. White dude. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Tim was, it Tim, was, was it Tim Tebow? He was, he was praying. Okay. He was praying yeah. for abortion because he was against abortion. He was praying. Was this in game or during the national anthem? I think national anthem. Let's he look was this up. A, yeah, look it up. Chris, right? look Chris, up, Chris, look this up. Yeah, look it up. Tony Reale. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think, and I think certain rules may apply for Tim Tebow, unfortunately. Socially. Yeah. Just like I think when you look at Michael Vick, um, 
I think dog fighting is something that goes on in the inner city um, Mm -hmm. that mainstream maybe didn't know existed. It was Tebow, and it was. Wait, what was it at? Two thousand nine BCS. It was Tim Tebow kneeling at the two thousand nine BCS championship game. Uh, He kneeled down before the game, and. He had uh, the John three sixteen on his. Uh, uh, so he was in college. He was in college. But I thought he, he no, he did it. He did, when it, he, he did it when he played for Denver. Right. He one hundred percent did it when he played. Yeah, he did it. That's called T-bowing, but I'm not sure if that was for abortion or. Not. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that was for abortion. That's when he started to brand it. Okay. Yeah. Well, and he was still kneeling. He was yeah. T-bowing. And you know those rules apply, apply may apply differently socially because of how he's beloved. Yeah. Um, in a way that Colin Kaepernick not only. Kneeling before the national anthem, but having an afro and pumping his fist—that—that's very. That is it's very Olympics taking. It's a stand, threatening to people. Well, I put Tim Tim Tebow in. His, I'm a fault, Wilson. I'll nah, put, that's all good. I put Tim Tebow in the same breath with uh, Eric Crouch. Both of them are crybabies. They they didn't want to switch their positions, and but that's neither here. Yeah, but if that. you have a problem with uh, afro and a fist, you're racist. <laughs> like you're racist. There's no way around. Explain that. your train of thought, please. If you have a problem with an afro and somebody holding up a fist, you have to be racist to have a problem with that. True or false? I take that and raise you. My mom, who's a teacher, yeah. is black. If she has a problem with a guy wearing a Fonz leather jacket and has spiky hair, does that make her racist or someone like her racist too? Well, the leather jacket and spiky hair isn't associated with race. The afro sure. is, and so is holding up the black power fist. Sure. So to have a problem with that, you're racist. You right. got to be in some type I, of way. I, I see where you're coming from. I think, I, think, I think people were intimidated by cornrows and tattoos for a long time, mm-hmm. black yeah. or white. Mm-hmm. My mother didn't like Alan Iverson wearing tattoos. She didn't like she didn't like loud hip hop music. She didn't like cornrows. Yeah. But I but I do know that when my parents were coming up, there were a lot of people who were not of color who were intimidated by the '60s, where people wore afros and, and pumped their fists. I think yeah. I think sometimes I can't give everybody the attribute of racist, but I can at the very least say. Um, were intimidated. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm also talking about the NFL. Okay. You said he came in there with his fist up and the afro. Yeah. For you to have a problem with that as an organization. Well, let's even bring it back a little bit more like, what with the would you NFL. Beef, what what, what yeah. could your beef with that be? I think that it's, it's, I feel, especially when it comes to black quarterbacks, it's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Honestly, it is a lose-lose situation. If you're not speaking out, if you speak out, it's a problem. If you choose not to speak out as much and you want to do it in other ways, oh, you're an Uncle Tom. And even on, on top of that, right, just historically, just the, the perception of black quarterbacks is that if you're a black quarterback and you're a mobile quarterback, then you're a bad one because yeah. you can't throw. Yeah. And I know Michael Vick got a lot of that problems. But, but now, some of that was Michael Vick's fault. Well, yeah, and, and not to say, and not, and not to say it wasn't, but also even like even now, that whole perception of black quarterbacks is out. It, you can't say anymore. You have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, who else? There's a few others, but they Russell can throw. Wilson. Russell Wilson. But they're but they're but they're safe black quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. There's, well, there's a difference. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're safe. But mm, even if they even if they even yeah. if they are safe, yeah, I get what you're saying. even if they are safe though. They still are going to be judged more harshly mm-hmm. than some of the other white quarterbacks. Agreed. Because no matter not, what, they're not Brady, they're not Peyton Manning, they're not, they're not what have you. you they're know? not clean. Yeah. I saw Ryan Leaf on TV. <laughs> How the hell did he get a job? <laughs> like, no, if you really think about Ryan Leaf's career, yeah. why is he up there on ESPN talking about anything 
dealing with quarterbacks because he speaks the king's language. And I was gonna say, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he's charismatic though. He's charismatic. Which that, adds that, to that. that adds to it. You know who's good though? You know who's been really good? And I'm really impressed. Tony Romo. Oh yeah, but, but I knew that though. Can't but he has a made-for-TV persona. Even even if yeah, if you if you he look at his dated interviews, and married well. yeah, I can't stand yeah. Tony Romo. Oh, Tony Romo's so good. He's 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 trash. I didn't say all that. He's yeah, on the Cowboys. Yeah, I think yeah. all Cowboys are trash. Yeah, yeah I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> I hate the Cowboys. So I'm never going to give them credit until they retire. Yeah, but <laughs> but what I can say is when he comes to broadcasting, he actually is calling out plays well in advance. He and actually, he, he knows what he's talking about more than some of the other people. Yeah. There are a lot. There are quite some people in sports that have no idea what he's they're talking about. He's a student of of his craft, mm-hmm. yeah. which translates from the football field to the anchor desk. Uh, I know Isaiah Thomas, uh, NBA Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas very well, and I feel like I like him more now on TV than him making that transition in the early 90s um, because he's a student of his craft. Mm-hmm. You, know, you play Indiana, you put study on the Bob Knight. That's one of the one of the one of the the best to do it. I think certain people transition very well based upon their knowledge. Kenny Smith transitioned well. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna be honest with you. I don't like Isaiah Thomas. You don't simply because he destroyed my Knicks. <laughs> he did not, that's the only I'll, gripe I'll I have. That's the only gripe I have. That's the only gripe I have. He destroyed my Knicks, man, so for you years. Hate every NBA player that was not a Knicks. So basically, every no, Michael, every team, every team this year. No, I don't like Michael. Jordan. So basically, every player this year. He I don't, I don't like Michael Jordan. Stop I was one, it! I don't like Michael. Stop Jordan. it! You can't say you don't like Michael Jordan. Sometimes man. I dream. Word. That he is me. <laughs> what he did to the Knicks, man. I hate it when the Bulls came to town. Yeah, MJ was, was disrespectful to the Knicks. It was the, some of the greatest yeah. childhood. You know, you know what he was sharded on the Knicks. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes. Well, because he was like he didn't want to be. Uh, listen. When the bad boys roughed him around, I'm sure he was like, I'm never going to be disrespected like I was on yeah. that court. <laughs> Had whole play systems to <laughs> I mean, back then, was, was, like Scoop alluded to earlier, that hand checking was real, man. Oh, no, 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Just guide him. Yeah. Where you going, man? <laughs> yeah. But, but, but now the trick before, before was the hand. Now it's the forearm. The forearm, the forearm yeah. and, and, and the bottom of the, of the spine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll move somebody. Yeah. Trust me. Y'all, y'all know that Steph Curry still would have did work in that era, right? So uh, what's Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Okay. There's a few people that would. All right. So now I know people normally like to say Steph couldn't couldn't do it back then. He I'm, definitely could. I'm gonna drop a gem on y'all. When we look back in history, we will say that Steph Curry was disrespected the same way Tim Duncan was. Agreed. Mr. Fundamental? Agreed. 100%. He's, way, he's way more flashy than Tim Duncan, though. I'm not talking about no, looks. No, 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 I'm no. talking about the perception of the consumer yeah. and the fan. Yeah. You and think? A, and a, and a, hell yeah. Because yeah. I don't know. Because Tim Duncan kind of never got his flowers, though. He's a fundamental guy. He wasn't a flashy guy. He wasn't a flashy guy. But but, but Steph gets his flowers, though. (laughs) Just like I think Reggie Miller was not appreciated because everybody, and and Gary Payton, because everybody was paying attention to Michael. I feel the same way about Clyde Drexler and Hakeem. But they appreciated well. But none of those dudes have Steph Curry highlights, though. Steph Curry. Who, wait, who, Steph Curry's who, a highlight machine. Who doesn't have the same highlights? Dude, you Reggie can, Miller, 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 Reggie Miller, 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 Step, step you ain't no athlete. You're Sean Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't talking to nobody in particular. Full shots with Hitler. You ain't give us the purpose. Ellis, 
Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Steph Curry is way more entertaining than Reggie. Moore. Well, that's a different conversation. Hold on, oh, hold on. Okay. that's changing the conversation. So you're about entertaining, entertaining. Not, yeah. Uh, no, I'm just saying because you guys try to compare them to and, Steph. And even that. I what do you mean by entertaining? What do you mean? What do you mean by entertaining? Yeah, even, like, what do you even, mean even by that? Y'all know Steph changed the game, right? What do you mean by entertaining? Entertaining. Stick to that. What are we talking about? When you think about like Reggie Miller. Right. Okay. Or well, when people look back on Steph, right? Those highlights are going to look way different than Reggie Miller's. Reggie Miller, all you think about even even current. right now, even right yeah. now, all you would see if you pictured Reggie Miller, you see him shoot a three. Okay. Steph, you're going to see him maybe crossing somebody, no. maybe catching in a corner, a quick release. I don't know about that. Reggie Miller had three some notable moments. Like well, well, I've, well, I heard Chris Rock say once um, that, and I'm paraphrasing. He said Steph Curry. It's the Allen Iverson that grew up with a father in the home. Mm. <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing, but basically when I look at Steph Curry and Reggie like Miller, that. it's I not like an that. easy transition only because I look at Steph Curry as an Allen Iverson-Reggie Miller hybrid. Yeah, He is Reggie Miller with street handles. Mm-hmm. The same way when you look at Kyrie Irving, he is a suburban kid that plays a city game. Yeah, When I look at highlights of the way that a fan, a fans interact or react, to up to Reggie Miller, it's going to be different because it's '90s versus the 2000s. Yeah. But I, but I, I feel where you're coming from. I, I receive what, as they say in the black church, I receive what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I do think that you have to be very careful when you make comparisons to people in eras because I do think that the Golden State Warriors changed the way that the game is played in that you have bigs that that run an offense. You have yeah. a Draymond who would have been a Charles Barkley type of player in his era. Yeah. Um, but the Warriors changed the way that all teams play the game of basketball. It, it forced LeBron to get more of a consistent three-point shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel where you're coming from, but I think reactions versus effectiveness in record books are two different things. But right. also, is it weird that, like, how the, sorry, is it no, weird, so too, how Golden State, like, they changed the game by doing what teams in the past used to do, where they literally focus in on drafting the right players Credit to and Mark getting Jackson. them in. Yes, sir. So they, it's funny how they changed the games, but they literally were doing what teams used to do. And they added yeah. a big-time free agent big and, time. and yep. Kevin Durant. Yep. And you can make the argument DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Which I wasn't mad at the DeMarcus Cousins pickup. I thought that was genius, having that. A lot of people frowned upon that. I thought that was a genius pickup, by the way. I didn't want to – I wasn't trying to be basketball arrogant, but I – Oh, no, it's all good. But I I, I do think – I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But I also think that people – if you give Reggie credit, you got to shout out Ray Allen, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Ray Allen saved LeBron's and he's ass. Yeah. Yep. They wouldn't have won that championship if it wasn't for him in 2013. Ray Allen probably is one of the best three-point shooters to me in history. Yeah, second best. Easily. Behind Steph. Behind Behind Steph? Behind Steph. No, I think he still has Steph beat. You do? You're talking about Jesus Shuttlesworth, bro. Yeah, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Yes. I'm talking about Steph Curry. Yes. I I love Steph. Steph Curry. Steph is one of my favorite guards. Favorite. But the way... Ray Allen was a machine. <laughs> this like, city. I don't know if y'all really remember the Ray Seattle, Allen. The <laughs> Seattle <laughs> days and the Milwaukee yeah, days. Yeah, like, Ray Allen was a machine. Yeah. It was instant. Almost more instant than Steph. Like, the moment Ray Allen got the ball, the entire team flocked him. They knew what was happening. <laughs> they do that with Steph, but I feel like there's a chance that Steph can miss 
Where Ray Allen, I'm uh, if I'm if I'm choosing who's taking the last shot, I'm 100 percent going Ray Allen. But I like Steph's story as an Splash underdog. Brothers. Yeah. yeah, the story of Steph as an underdog is what I'm impressed oh, yeah. with, particularly being injured, people counting him out, coming yeah. from Davidson. Like yeah. we knew who Ray Allen was coming yeah. out of yeah. UConn. We yeah. didn't know the impact. That's like, true. We knew that was Dell's son. We didn't know he was going to be better than Dell. Yeah, yeah. He had them glass ankles them first two years. Yeah, yeah the yeah. first two years was rough for him though. Yeah. But I think like like most early drafts that go into the league. It's a transition. That the pace is different. The gameplay is different. The rules are different. They're the, smaller. The, the smaller. Yeah. The, like there's so many different variables that you have to adjust to in your first two years. You probably don't really get seasoned until about your third or fourth, but if I, you lucky. But his other advantage was being a second generation uh, NBA player. Yeah, you know, you look at guys like Kobe, you look at Klay Thompson, you look at Steph, you look at, um, I mean, technically Kyrie Irving is a, a second generation because his father was known in the New York City, you know, streetball circuit. His godfather is Rod Strickland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that the knowing, like, I, I, J.R. Reed, who played with with uh, Dell and Charlotte, told me one time, like, uh, Kendall Gill told me this too, that they used like Steph would be around the team and he would go on team trips on the plane sometimes and would entertain the team by singing Michael Jackson <laughs> in the front of the plane, like he knew what it was like to be a, it was a it was a, a literally a independent study on on how to live the life of an nba player yeah so despite the injuries he still persevered that's hard yeah. ran this is really random but you know who i felt i feel like and i still feel like that till still to this day that just i thought he was going to be so much bigger than what he was uh cool. jj reddick man jj hmm. reddick for me he reminded me a lot of uh uh, uh of allen ray allen coming out of college like he was automatic and then it's just yeah, like dude, yeah but no he was pretty he had a pretty consistent career he did but did you ever foresee him like he's the white pj brown yeah like <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> that can shoot um, <laughs> when you said pj brown is pitching him fighting the nick <laughs> oh man all right oh yo real quick since we're getting random <laughs> Uh, you mentioned church a few times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You go to all black church? Yes. Let me ask you a question. What's up? I visited my mom's church, right? Uh-huh. All black church. Uh-huh. I'm talking black, right? Mm-hmm. Not like, black, black. Black. <laughs> like, yo, they got these beautifully, like, I'm not sure, stained glass. Yeah. Colorful. I'm looking at it all. All of a sudden, white Jesus. My church doesn't have a white Jesus stained glass. It is a black Jesus. That's weird, right? I mean, you Because heard- I turn to my mom, I'm like... You heard what D.L. Hughley said. What is this? Who else could turn water to wine? Yeah. I don't normally do this, but uh, <laughs> keep the party going. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, <laughs> was that was sad. That was sad. That was sad. Right. Yeah. That was sad. Yeah. Oh, that was sad? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was just making sure it wasn't just me because I thought that was weird. No, I mean, yeah, my, my church my church has over 10,000 members yeah. uh, in my church. And uh, the church was, was the church that I belong to was a, it used to be a pornographic theater. And they bought Go it. On. <laughs> and they bought it and, you know, renovated it and, you know. Talk about ten- being saved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, and the stained glass in the front yeah. is, a, is a black Jesus. Uh, like nice. with, the, with the shackles broken. Stand That's all right. Yeah. Wow. I stand corrected. You were right. He was colleges. It was DL. My header. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, all right. We're not going to hold school. You. I'm here. Scoop, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah. This was really great. Yeah. It was. I mean. P.J. Brown with a jump shot. Yeah, that's funny. Do you remember when he was a net? Yes, he was a net. Yeah. <laughs> and when he was a net, it was just like, fam, <laughs> what's happening right now? Yeah. I remember I used to be a Nets fan, and I got some 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 sense. They used to have the McDonald's packs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the first basketball games I went to was a Nets game. 
Yeah. Uh, I think mine was the Knicks. Yeah. My parents are big Knicks fans, yeah. but uh, it's a little quiet in my household these days. <laughs> <laughs> Condolences. I know, word, right? Word. <laughs> right now, it's sad, man. Scoop, let them know where they can find you, support you, everything, man. Um, Scoopy Radio out. Podcast, available on all platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, uh, iHeartRadio, simply by visiting uh, ScoopBeatRadio.com. Um, you can check out my work at not only heavy.com, you can check a lot of videos via Basketball Society online, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, follow me on Twitter at ScoopB. Instagram and Snapchat if y'all still use it scoop underscore B and um, yeah subscribe to Scoopy Radio we get all get get everybody on we're gonna have you on so yeah yeah I'm with it yeah. I'm, I'm I'm ready to go I'm ready yeah. to go um for for those that don't know also uh, again Scoop is is one of the people that um you, you kind of want to follow when 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 you're trying to go on this journey of of media right like I felt I found like throughout the years I think I'd met you years ago literally with Joe um and I always found you to be very thorough like extremely thorough in in a chaotic business which is admirable so I wanted to say that to you thank you um and for those, again, tuning in, as always, please be sure to subscribe. Hit the noti notification button to be notified for the latest to the greatest episodes. We also want to thank Scoop for coming on and sharing his wisdom and, and words with us. Um, Scoopy Radio. Overtime. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.